Yo, welcome to the cast. Before we begin, let's talk about some business. Are you following us? Are you tweeting at us? Are you sliding into our DMs? Because you should. Follow us at Dabblin' Dribblin', right, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. And where our podcast is, you might be listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, sure. or Apple Podcast. Great things to do all around. We're pretty yeah. funny. This is a this was a pretty fun cast. Mm-hmm. Episode 39. What do we talk about? We got into... Sorry, I'm chewing gum. You are. That's, that's okay. Whatever. You know what? You know what? It's almost Friday, so I'm going to let myself live a little bit. L- it's live, minty. Buddy. It's fresh. <laughs> uh, we talked about a lot of things. Uh, J&B. J&B, yeah. Beyonce. Uh-huh. Bayhive. So we get into a little bit of that. You're more on that tip than I am, but I always appreciate your input because it teaches me Do things. you? Yeah, because I don't, I don't nearly don't pay care. enough attention to the Beehive as much as I should. Yes, absolutely. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Get your life together. That's super important. <laughs> it's Pi Day and uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, some interesting stuff about okay. Stephen Hawking and just... Spoiler alert, he died. He did. By the time you're listening to this cast, you probably He's know super that. super dead. So we talk about that a little bit and it's an amazing figure. Um, and then some 45 nonsense tangentially, um, some stuff in the White House. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, to be expected. Well, nothing it, nothing new at this point. Right. Is it, is is it, it over new? yet? Is it? Please make it stop. Um, and then the national walkout that happened across the country that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That young people were out and, and making a statement. Yeah. Yeah. At least young people are doing that. We didn't talk about Bessie DeVos, but uh, she had a shitty interview. We didn't get into that, but just Google the 60-minute interview with Betsy it's DeVos. Terrible. What <laughs> is happening to our young people? <laughs> we are fucked. Um, and then we talk about some ball, specifically NCAA. Big shout-out to my Loyola Ramblers. Um, I mean, let's be clear. NCAA is problematic. So kind of talk about that and dive yeah. into um, just some Laker news. Uh, Jeannie Buss talked about some feelings she had about the greatest Laker of all time. And we go into some um, shoe news. Russell Westbrook did some pretty big things. What did he do? He did something pretty big this week. He got his 100th triple-double of his career. What? Yeah, casual. What, what? Yeah, super casual. How does... He's so he's so wild. One day, we'll appreciate him for the greatness that he is, but not today. <laughs> he's just like on an average team in the West. Right. But looking back, we'll say he's yeah, that guy was actually pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, we talk about Jr. and some of his feelings, which is to be expected. Ma'am, we we're I'm just gonna start calling a segment Jr.'s couch. Right. Well, and then our dope people are pretty damn dope. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this, hey? Okay. Let's do it. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Dabble and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey. I am really excited for this cast because we have two really pretty mics. You can't see them where you are, but, but we can see them. Before we had one mic and like a pseudo mm-hmm. mic. Mm-hmm. That really wasn't really a mic. I felt like Nas with just one mic, right? And you were was, over here with the beats, like Dre, right? And we you were, were you were the Nas, I was Dre. Yep. Uh huh. Absolutely. And, and but now we got two mics, and this right. is gonna we're, this is lit. We're, it's gonna be as lit as a Beyonce Jay Z tour. 
I know some of you commented that Bri sounded a little bit more distant on the mic before. That's because she was usually in the other room when we were doing this. <laughs> because and I don't know a lot about sports, so I had to be in another room. Like I couldn't be in the same vicinity. It was as a you. good fifteen feet distance. Yeah. But now we pulled her up to the mics, and so we're more we're closer in proximity. So the the flow of the show will go better. Right, 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 right. What, what is this Jay Z and Beyonce mm-hmm. you refer to? On the Run Tour Two. They're still running. Um, sure are, Bonnie and Clyde. Hey, I thought they got caught or something. Oh my gosh, Alex. <laughs> what is this? Um, so for those in the Beehive, Alex is not part of it. But um, for those of you who don't know, Beyonce and Jay Z are going on tour this summer, mm-hmm. both in America and Europe. Some pe- some people are petty as f because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, Beyonce can't trust Jay Z by himself for like five months, so she has to take him on a tour with her. Aww. Aww. And I was like, you guys are wrong for that. But you know what they say. <laughs> Once a cheater. <laughs> what, what, what do they always say? It's, it's debatable. It's debatable. Um, but yeah, so they're going on tour. It was kind of accidentally leaked by, I think, Ticketmaster or somebody. And Ticketmaster. Like somebody leaked okay. it. And people, of course, like people like me and other folks of the Beehive uh-huh. are like, Beyonce tour, oh my God, you know, because we knew something was happening. We weren't sure when it was going to happen because there was pictures of her in braids and with a laptop and I'm just like, she's going to, she's going to do something. You see Beyonce in braids and a laptop and that's your first like, signal that something's happening? Like some, yeah, she's cooking something up. Why, she's so what, what about, that just, I, that, it escapes me. Mm-hmm. What is it about that imagery that. Like she's ready to do work. She's Because she has braids in? Yeah. When like oh. when she's performing, she doesn't oh, have braids. She I is see. she is Beyonce. When she's braided up, she's she's ready to do right. Like we saw some like I mean she had the babies. They were on vacation. We were, I was just and like she's you know braids on vacation. That's like pretty normal for a lot uh-huh. of black women. Like that's not uh-huh. that's not unheard of. Yeah. But it's just like the the inkling <clears throat> in most of the beehive was like something's coming. I think that's so Every, wild. And that, everyone get their coins together. That her that her hairstyle set off. Like Well it's not just the hairstyle. It's it's been a couple of it's not it's been a minute, you know? Like why are you laughing at me? I just this is very this serious is, stuff, Alex. It just seems like it's a little out th- it's it's like those detectives in the T V shows who uh-huh. see one clue and they're like, Oh, the robber flew in from Amsterdam to be here at seven o'clock to steal the crown jewels. How did you know that? He had a dirt mark on his elbow. <laughs> First of all, people in the Beehive are crazy. So <laughs> that's why I don't go to the Beehive because I'm uh, allergic to bee stings, and I also are you really allergic to bee stings? No, nah, I don't think so. Okay, I was about to say, I'm like, because that's like a like a real thing. You I should re- have no. an epipen on you. I really you love honey though, and I don't think there's a lot of honey in those beehives. I hear there's lemonade, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That was good. Good job, buddy. I don't understand this hive. Well, that's great. So you're going to go on the tour. You're going to drop $3,000. Uh, no. I'm Travel so all over Europe. I had the pre-sale like, code to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go with a friend of ours. And she just wasn't excited about it. I'm just like, wait, am I, should I not be excited about it? But I also know, knowing Beyonce, mm-hmm. her tour is going to be on an HBO special like a couple months after. So I, Amen. Could just, I could just watch it like in my living room with could friends. Could you? I could. Would that be enough for you? You've been to I mean, several I've, of I've her events. I've been to all of her yes. concerts. This would be the first one I miss. You, It's an event for you. Like it's It a, is. It's like, I get dolled up. Like, I don't wear makeup normally. Right. I will wear makeup to go to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. The last time case, I did that. In case you get pulled on stage. Yeah, I mean, 
Beyonce, I can sing and dance. It is proven. That is true. I will vouch for you. And so, like, I'm ready. I mean, I can't sing like you. I can dance pretty close to you, though. <laughs> but other than that. You were talking about Beyonce, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, would you? I didn't know if she was listening, but you were looking at me while you said it, and I was like, I can't sing. I don't know if you've heard me sing. You've I heard, heard me you, sing. I've heard, you, I've heard you dabble in some humming and some singing. Humming I'm very good at. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, if she, yeah, you enjoy these events, and so you could really just be okay with the TV this time. Potentially, I also one of the one of the times I went to her New York show, um, her Mrs. Carter tour show, I bought the ticket the day of, and it was pretty inexpensive. Oh. Like, um, I went with our friend Coco. Mm-hmm. It was me and her. We just had like a really crappy like work week, and we're like, let's go see Beyonce. Yeah. And me and her went, and it was. We, I think we dropped 150 each, mm-hmm. which and we still That's got pretty. really good seats and yeah. got to see everything. And Beyonce show is an experience. Oh, and also Jay Z is going to be there, so I guess it's a Beyonce show with Jay Z. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Memphis Bleak, <laughs> Beanie um, Siegel. So I'm looking forward to it because I. The only thing is that um, it's at MetLife Stadium, so it's a stadium tour, so it's like. Huge. Yeah, I don't like those. Yeah, and so I don't mind crowds, but when it gets to be that, you know, if it's popular, I don't like it. I know you're you're a special little hipster birdie. It's, it's an unattractive quality by a lot of standards, <laughs> but I admit it. Like this is who I am, and I own it's it. It's not unattractive. It's just annoying. It's a little annoying. because I literally was going to text him like, "All right, if this person doesn't want to go with me, would Alex go with me? What if I like beg him? What if I'm like, this is my birthday gift to like, you can give this to me as a birthday gift. Come to the show with me.' You're, you're like, don't worry, I'll cover the cost of your ticket, so it's free. I'd say, can you pay me fifty bucks? <laughs> And I'll come. <laughs> no, I would. First of all, I would not pay for a Beyonce ticket for you just because it is expensive, and I want to be fiscally responsible. I would say good. I, <laughs> I would say that I probably know three uh, percent of Beyonce songs, maybe four. I think you probably know more than you realize. Uh, I've probably heard. I've heard a lot, mm-hmm. but in terms of my ability to recognize lyrics to mm-hmm. sing along with, probably three or four percent. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But I will say her shows are very, um, like, the more, I've seen almost all of them. They have all, like, more and more have become more woke and more, like, it's... it's. I appreciate that. Like, uh, it's very... Um, it's statement piece. It's, it's She has statements. Mm-hmm. And, she, and every once in a while, she'll, you know, do a video or whatever of her babies. And that's, like, we all get excited about that because... You know, it's going to be all up on Instagram. Was Blue Ivy and who is the other one now? Sir Carter and Sir Carter and Rumi Carter. Oh right, because they're twins. They're twins. So, and we haven't seen official pictures of them outside of like the one with her just holding them like she's the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm very excited for the tour. But I don't know. I, I a part of me is like the 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 sale for like the public goes open in like is open on Monday. Mm-hmm. I did find some tickets, but I was like, do I want to spend $125 on like hundred level seats? Or do I want to spend $300 on like the seats, like, like on the floor where I can just like have Beyonce sweat like on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just dripping. Just, yeah. Like I would cry. <laughs> I would just cry. It's coming down like tears from God. Yeah. It's just sweat from Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Had the same healing effects. Yep, I, that's what I've heard. That's you just what I've heard. Want to bring a lot of airport-sized bottles with you to try and like 
you know, just throw try to get that some together. of that. Maybe replicate, like, uh, do a cloning, mm-hmm. very similar to uh, what's her face's dogs. Uh, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Barbara Streisand apparently cloned her dogs. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't do that, but whatever. <laughs> the, the assistant probably bought a lot of dogs that look like the dog. <laughs> yep, and hoped one of them, one of them fit. Um, but yeah, it's oh, coming to a the fun. the Beyonce Beyonce and Jay is coming to a city near you, whatever, and what a blessed life we live. Whatever you do, or a TV near you, if or, that's because that eventually will happen. If you don't live in a place where they're coming close to, then just watch it on your TV. Yeah, if you have HBO, because it usually happens on HBO. Yeah, but yeah, so that's happening. But outside of that, really, really good news. Mm-hmm. Um, something really sad happened on Pi Day. Pi Day, for those of you who don't know, is 3.14. I don't know what the rest of Pi is. I used to know the rest of Pi. Uh, I used to Did know you? It. I did. Why? And there was a competition at school that, oh, made, yeah. like in high school, that we had to like... Everybody had to learn the whole thing. Well, yeah. Well, not the was, whole thing. It was, it's like... People infinite. were proud about it. Yeah. And I would say, you all spend way too much time. And there's a good correlation if you stack up the people who knew the full length of Pi uh-huh. and the people who've seen every Star Wars at least eight times. Yeah, it's the it same correlation. Of, yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's I can pretty, see that. I can see that. It's an even match. What I can happened? definitely see that. Um, so in London, the United Kingdom specifically, Stephen Hawking's died at the age of, oh, let me just make sure, age of 70-something. Um, let me make sure that I'm saying this correctly at the age of 76 and which is, you know, for those of you who don't know who Stephen Hawking is, he is, uh, an English theoretical physicist, uh, cosmologist, author, and director of research at the center for theoretical cosmology within the university of Cambridge. He's kind of a famous person. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. He had a ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And he, when he was diagnosed with it. He had like a rare form of that like neuromotor issue like disease and he um they only gave him like a couple of months to live and he lived up to be 76 so didn't stephen hawking <clears throat> develop the theory of the i'm gonna show how ignorant i am about his uh, greatness mm-hmm. uh stephen hawking to me was always really amazing because he gave us the theory of like the universe yeah I mean, he he's like a he's a he's the one that talked about antimatter and mm-hmm. like things that I, I truly he blew don't our understand. brains yeah. around what's out there. Yeah, he's a, he was a living genius when he lived, you know. And so, um, I mean, most people like he kind of came into for like he also made fun of himself a lot. He was in The yeah. Simpsons. He had good he, humor. He had really good humor. Um, he was also. Um, Big Bang Theory, which is a really big show on CBS. He was on Big Bang Theory. He was a couple on Big of, Bang. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it was he himself, but like, yeah, I think he was on Big Bang, and like definitely because the main one of the main characters, um, not Leonard, the other guy, um, on Big Bang Theory, the the one that's a little, just a big old nerd that's a little weird, um, like loves him obviously because he's also sure. an astrophysicist. So, um, super sad, and I found out that he was actually born. Um, in St. On, Louis? No. <laughs> he was born in Oxford to his parents on the 30th anniversary of Galileo's death. Isn't that kind of like weird? Galileo was pretty intelligent around right. astrological things. Right. He was born on the 30th anniversary of Galileo's death and he w- he died on Pi Day. Rounded it out really nicely. I mean. I that's a clean birth and death. Yeah. That's what you want. You want yeah. something real tight. Yeah. I kind of hope I die on my birthday. 
Mm, yeah, something I even. Would, I would love that. Just the even, how like, many days and how many years, weeks and days? Just solid years. Yeah, solid years. That's that's what I hope. Uh, anyway, but yeah. This is, well, that's sad news. What I'm reading here is that <laughs> he put out a post on Reddit mm-hmm. that is causing a little bit of consternation. People are a little worried because he made a prediction that intelligent future AI will probably develop a drive to survive and acquire more resources as a step toward accomplishing whatever goal it has because surviving and having more resources will increase its chances of accomplishing that other goal. What? This can cause problems for humans whose resources get taken away. His solution, uh, we should all leave the planet and find new lives in outer space. So he posted that he thinks robots are going to take everything over. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And you know what? I'm not even we arguing that. Completely. I agree. agree. <laughs> I agree. As, as far as happened. I know, this this mic and uh, my computer mm-hmm. will probably kill me, <laughs> like and take take over the world. My iPhone has already sent data to numerous government organizations. Oh, absolutely. Today, and they're <laughs> using it for my uh, automaton. Uh, what do you call it? Avatar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, I was talking to a friend and we were talking about things that were fairly inappropriate and potentially like could flag the NRA. Like NRA could be flagging the conversation. It wasn't like that bad. It was just like we were talking. I'm trying to imagine what it is. I mean, we were talking about like you know, we were, what were we talking about? We were talking. I think we were talking about like power and privilege and how like like being women of color and how like we need to fight the power and all these different things oh. and but like all things that we with could with the NRA being triggered though I not, was imagining you talking about robots that no, have like guns in, for I was, dicks oh no I wasn't talking about oh no I wasn't talking about the NRA I was talking about the what's the one that like taps into your um like your phone CIA no not CIA NSA. 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 Oh, so I was just okay. like, everything that we were talking about, I was, and we're like, JK, God. NSA. And then I was just like, she, and then I said something and she's like, girl, you need to be careful. NSA is probably oh, trying. I'm yeah. just like, girl, I'm, I am a brown quote unquote citizen who was born in, I am a citizen, by the way. I'm not like undocumented. I'm, I'm a citizen. Prove it. <laughs> but I was born in a Middle Eastern country. Mm-hmm. I'm like, They've been flagging. They flagged me a long time ago. Flagging you all day. <laughs> they flagged me the minute I walked into this country. It's true. <laughs> as a six-year-old, as a three-year-old, I mean, sorry. That microchip still, still Probably going strong. Probably in me. It's probably in me. No, we. It, it's gonna happen, and uh, we just need to be ready for it. I think we're in a good time where mm-hmm. we live now, where the robots haven't completely consumed our lives, but they could still make an instant pot, which cooks my beans in like twenty minutes or less. Right. You know, I appreciate that. Do you have an Instapot? I don't, but I'm going to get one. And, uh, but the, the bad part about that is I've heard of some Crock-Pots where people can steal your information through the Bluetooth on the Crock-Pot. What? They I have a Crock-Pot. You, they get your, if you have a Bluetooth-enabled Crock-Pot. Oh, no, I don't. I have a, I have a regular old Crock-Pot. Okay. Well, some people can. Like a slow can, cooker. You know, some people can remote control their crock oh, pot Oh, that's from actually kind of cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, turn it off, turn it on. If whatever. someone yeah. wanted to, and they have, they can go through the crock pot Bluetooth system to access records on your phone. Yeah, I don't like right. that. I don't like that. And so the robot, listen, the robots <laughs> are happening. It's going to happen to the point where people are having relationships with the robots, Sex, this sort of thing. I mean, there, wasn't there a sex robot that was made a, yeah. lo- a while ago? Not people, too long ago. The first thing 
that people would look to do with robots is have sex with them. That's usually... Specifically men, yeah. Specifically the male scientists working on robots. Can we get this thing to build houses for people? Yeah, but... It could also give you a blowjob. The blowjob, though. But you have to be careful. Yeah, no. Because the blowjob... You know, yeah. they may bite your penis off. <laughs> but more than just the physical, physical aspects of their ability to do that, they have the cognition right now to pretty much feel things like embarrassment or joy. I need people to just stop. Let's just live in this moment right now and just know, let's let's just let's just stop. I'm down with the robot revolution. Let's just really. You don't even like social media, so how are you going to be down with? <laughs> well, social media is humans taking advantage of it has all the human error right that's what social media is involved around is just humans displaying our imperfections everywhere right that's that's what we do but the robots when they're imperfect i don't know i, I don't know why that feels better to me because it's a you marvelous need, thing. You need to think on that. It's a marvelous thing. They will build each other. Once you build a rope. Okay, so here's where we're going, right? <laughs> okay, tell us. No one, and I've said this for a long time. Have we, have we talked about this? That no one will need, need a job? Wait, why? No one in the future, human-wise, uh-huh. will ever need a job. Why? Because the robots will do everything. And then how do we, like, live? Uh, everything is provided by the government. So we're all going to be socialists? Exactly. Wait, and that's, not, that's what white people no, don't want. I know. There's no judgment <laughs> in that statement, but hear me out. I'm just saying, once we automate everything, mm-hmm. think about this. And this is also a thing. I heard the other day of a comedian who saw a UFO. Mm-hmm. And don't quote me on this, but the government, he says released a statement saying yeah we are aware of ufos and we have documentation of it and we are aware that other beings have found us on earth this ufo these guys were in brooklyn there's four of them on a rooftop in brooklyn right looking out on the sky and they're a little high Mm -hmm. but not like super high right and they're up marijuana i'm assuming yeah okay and so the guys are up there it's not like a hallucinant nothing hallucinant no 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 no, yeah they're just up there and then this triangular thing with lights on the points of the triangle comes down and the way the guy was telling the story it moved oblong this is coming from another podcast mm-hmm. um, I believe it was Pete's podcast okay. uh, you made it weird and the guy had a, he had someone on before about this story who he had heard about a story right. and he asked him about it and the guy mm-hmm. just straight up said I don't want to get into it he said what do you mean what do you mean? You got to give me something. He says, "What happened? I, I cannot, I cannot talk about it. It was it Wakanda. Because it was, it was the it was, Wakanda jet. It, it was the Wakanda <laughs> jet. <laughs> what else would it be? It was, it was a non-colonized African country called Wakanda, powered by by vibranium. <laughs> that was and, that was good. And then, and the and the thing. So the second guy who came on corroborated the story and said this thing moved so abnormally he said like what no i've never seen anything move the way it it was was the wakandan ship and it quickly spun and shot off like the wakandan ship like the wakandan ship and the guys (laughs) and so he was pausing on the rooftop and he turned to his friends and 
all of them looked at each other and said, what, <laughs> what? was that? <laughs> so when you're high, you don't all see the same thing at the same right, time. Right, sure. They all acknowledge seeing this thing move. So there's acknowledgement that that's happening. So some people out there will say, we are, I've heard stupid people will say, we are the smartest things in the universe. No, we're not. Are you kidding me? Nope. They're, nope. We will, they will definitely find us before <laughs> we find, we don't even have an automated system for growing our own food. Like, we still have to work to make food. We have farms that people work on. Why? So, we all need food, right? So, in the future, you and I, if we want to have a farm... We'll just have a farm that we buy, mm-hmm. and the farm will be operated by machines. The robots, yeah. They plant, they mm-hmm. irrigate, they cultivate, they ship everything out, and you can do it all from your phone. Why do you need anyone there? Maybe at first you need one person there to kind of make sure everything runs. Yeah, someone but, that checks it in like maybe once a day or once a week. Yeah. yeah, but then you replace that person with a machine that does that, who is an intelligent being. And it can figure out all the same systems of irrigation, cultivation, all that stuff, right? Then you don't need anyone on the farms. In the cities, you got people doing all the jobs, all the stuff that's like labor taken care of, all the stuff that is simple, lower level operations, people do it, or robots do it. Right. So in the future, there will come a civil war. Between the robots and the humans? No. Between the robots and the robots? It will be a three-way. So there's going to be... I've heard those are usually pretty fun. <laughs> this one's not going to be so fun. <laughs> the, the robots... I had to be... This is my theory. Here. I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime. But, but it, my At theory rate, is... we might. <laughs> document this. The robots will have intelligence uh-huh. and the ability to make all the work happen. There will be It's a, gonna be an iRobot situation. Have you yeah. seen iRobot yeah, with Will yeah, Smith? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's gonna, gonna be, that. be that. In a sort of. But the people who don't have a job, which is gonna increase. So yeah. you're gonna have half the population who doesn't have work because there is no work to do. And not even soldiers. Like we have more uh, automated attack and offensive weapons for military now. You literally are writing a script for somebody's like next. This is AI. free. If you're listening. <laughs> Send this to whoever. I don't have time to write this up. But it'll be half the population doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And then half of that loses their job. Mm-hmm. So you got 75% of people over time who don't have a job. So you as a government cannot let 75% of your population go unemployed just because you've automated everything. So right. you have to subsidize them. So then there becomes a civil war. At some point, between the people who don't have enough before the subsidies, saying right. we want jobs... But the people who do have jobs are saying, well, maybe you should get a job. It's not our fault you don't have a job. It becomes a class warfare between the haves and the have-nots. By the way, it's happening already, but with humans. And we're only at 10% <laughs> unemployment, yes. right? So you, Actually, no, I think we're, I think we're in single digits. We're okay. At, I think we're 6%. Continue to replace people with automation. That number will rise right. to the point where the government has to step in and say, we have to take care of our working population who just got college degrees, right. did all this stuff right, but yet they have no money because there are no jobs. Right. So you take care of them. Has and the have-nots. The has and have-nots. But then you get to a point where some people are making a lot of money who do have jobs, and then the people who are at the bottom who don't have jobs are making some enough to get by. But as more people are without jobs and they're subsidized, they realize, I don't need really fancy stuff. 
the government's uh-huh. taking care of my house, right. my food, my basic living, and they're my getting life hands is, out, yeah. handouts. Yeah, but there will because you're so lazy. There'll be no stigma around it after a while because thirty percent, forty percent of the population is getting the handout. Right. And so then you get a position where why are some people working and other people are not working, and the people who are not working are happier than the people who are working. And then there's a class warfare because I don't have, I'm working and I'm making a lot of money. Right. And these people are not working and they're making just enough money and the robots are doing all this work. There becomes a class strife. There becomes a civil war and it gets to the point where a lot of bad things will happen, but eventually we'll get through it to the point where only 1% of the population will need to work and then eventually 0.01% of the population will need to work and everything else will be automated and human beings will not have to lift a finger it'll be like the end scene in WALL-E see this has already been written up and (laughs) then you've really thought about this and then I've talked about this with someone else and they completely we completely agree with this it will get to the point where people have lost purpose on life I don't like that there's no reason to live because you don't need to work so why procreate? You don't need to help people because right. we've already helped each other. Well, you know, you don't need to make robots because the robots make the robots. And if anything, if the Stephen Hawking is right, the robots will decide, why are we not running shit here? And they will just take stuff over. It's like a different form of slavery. Mm-hmm. And that's how the world dies. The Man. end. Good night, everyone. All right, so that was a great cast. <laughs> that was I spent obnoxious. Some, I, I spent a little bit of time this afternoon thinking around the end of the world and how that will come about, hmm. and that's it. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's cool. If Stephen Hawking is putting that out there, too. That's kind of wild, though, that he put that out there. That's pretty much probably what's science happen. sealed delivered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But we won't see that in our lifetime. But we do have end of the world feeling like things happening in our government currently. Just as 45 as president. But it's, it's become so, I'm desensitized to it. it. That is very true because there's a lot been going on in the White House. And we don't have to spend too much time on this because I don't really care to. But just some, some things that are happening in general, 45's, 45 Jr. Yeah. Um, his son, his oldest son, held a son. Uh, his wife has filed for divorce. Um, mm. They're saying it's not about politics. They just are uncoupling, I guess, as uh, Gwyneth Paltrow would say. Um, I'm just surprised. Anyway, whatever. I can't talk to, about why people are attracted to what they're attracted to, but he's not that good looking of a dude, and I'm just confused. Um, mm. So good riddance, you know girl. I would have divorced that guy you know many, many years ago. The wife of the senior. Sure wants to do that too. I he, I'm sure she just can't. It's there were rumors really that she was filing for divorce before the mm-hmm. election yeah, sure. stuff happened. Sure. Um, other things. Rex Tillerson was fired. Former Secretary of State. So that's a thing. So, and they have, you know, who they replaced some. Oh, I forgot who they they replaced him with somebody, and the person they're replacing. But I think it was from the CIA or somebody, something like that. Okay. I don't know. Either way, it's all a mess in there. Because it's basically like, um, I think uh, Trevor Noah said it best. It's like uh, an episode, it's like a movie, it's like the movie Saw. 
like you to work in the Trump administration, the 45 administration is to be tortured, like go into work, be tortured, and then eventually get killed off. <laughs> so that's really what's happening. So there's that. But in, in spite of all of that nonsense, because as things are happening and him like lying about something to the Canadians and all, I'm just like, yeah, I read that. Yeah. I was that just was... kind of like, why am I not surprised by any of this and not more appalled? Like I'm appalled, obviously, but I'm also like, yep, I don't expect anything more. He opened a minute to lying to the prime minister. And right. You're like about okay. like tariffs or like some about something. Yeah. Uh, like, it was about a debt. It was, yeah. Uh, it, but why did you? The question of why did you tell us this openly? Yeah. First, why did you lie? Right. Because there was no point to the lie. And number two, why did you tell us that you lied? All of that becomes not a question with this guy. Yeah. We he reads asking. tweets in, on TV. Like, yeah. I mean, he's just a weirdo. Um, but something cool happened this week. Uh, the national walk, the school walkout happened. Never again. Never again. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a, it was a, it was a walkout that students did, um, young students, so elementary school junior high high school That's and even colleges and even college, colleges did it as well um, where they walked out and for 17 minutes in honor of the 17 people that died um, in the shooting that happened in Florida there's also another walkout that's happening in a couple of months I believe um, for the same reason yeah same reason but it's like a even bigger one I think because oh. um, I think the walkout was like a month after this walkout was like also the com- commemorating the one like one month anniversary of the oh. shooting um and yeah, I mean, it was super dope to see a lot of young people mm-hmm. walk out and do really dope things because, let's be real, it's young people that change the world, not Absolutely. us old farts. Not so, us. so, I mean, I think no we're pretty trip. young, but um, <laughs> I support all the young people. It was really cool to see some of like the really powerful imagery of like these young, like, you know, some of them are like eight years old, 10 years old, five years old, holding mm-hmm. up signs like, I deserve to live, I deserve to have education you know like i deserve all these things and like and it sucks that we need to have babies tell us these things or 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 just young people because we didn't care when babies died right so well uh, well, i also think that depends on what classroom you are in. right so i would say that most of like the metropolitan more liberal cities were like we're great like it what i saw in new york city was really moving what was happening in other bigger liberal state the cities were great but there was like there was an article of, of a of a, a town in north carolina where there was only one student that walked out yeah um and I it was bet. one black student and i was just like yes and i was like Damn. yes my brother and yeah. sister and it was it was a it was a young boy, um, and that like he was the only one that walked out while the rest of his like seven hundred classmates stayed in, um, and it was just like, I look at that I'm just like that's a that's a small town in North Carolina potentially a very conservative state a conservative area, and I'm like look, thinking about it I'm just like damn that sucks to be a person of color in that in that county in that in that area and to be the only one that walks out and then eventually have to get detention potentially. And things like that. Um, and I was really proud to see that my school that I went that I went to supported the students and like teachers walked out with the students mm-hmm. and things like that. So that was great to see. But there was also the opposite of that happening. And um, it's just sad. It's just sad that it's still a divisive thing as far as gun control is concerned. And we've talked about gun control a ton on our cast. I don't know if we need to. We don't yeah. need to like 
you know, beat this to the ground any, any further than we have. But it's just like, it is like guns are so important to people that it is, it is making people make some silly decisions to me. Or indecisions. Just or the indec- fact that Congress has done zero. They continue to do zero things. And they continue to do zero things as right. far as Congress is concerned. Again, babies died and it, does, it didn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I, I get disillusioned by the whole thing, mm-hmm. knowing that the people in charge to represent seem like they don't have a pulse on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. A, a pulse on the country's climate right now. They right. see it, but they don't feel it in the same way. Right. Uh, we talked off mic about this. If you haven't, for anyone listening, if you haven't seen the John Oliver episode of mm-hmm. Last Week Tonight mm-hmm. uh, on the NRA TV channel, woo! it was problematic, there was, to say the least. There was. I asked you what the most appalling thing was. I'll tell you the most appalling thing I saw was the scene in which they were making art for a baby's room Mm -hmm. uh, because one of the people who was on set, she was pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. So they said, oh, she's not here. I'm trying really hard not to do an accent right now. Don't do it. Be better. I will not say what accent. I just am trying not to do it. And so they're out there with the camo hats and the guns. And they're like, listen. Were they pink guns? They at this one they were not pink. Okay. They, they came pro. Mm-hmm. They came pro, and they said we're gonna make some art for the baby's room um, for our co-host who could not be here because she's pregnant. Right. So they set up on a crossbeam mm-hmm. outdoors some bottles with paint in them, and they put the canvases below the crossbeam. Mm-hmm. So they would shoot the bottles. That was the whole idea. And the paint and would the fall paint on would, the. Yeah. Okay. You know what? The idea did not execute as well as one would think. Right. You shoot it, the bottles fly off and paint goes yes. places, but it's kind of globular. Yeah. So it lands... Glo- globular. Good word. There's like two globs on <laughs> this one and two minor little globs on the other canvas. Right. They hold it up so proud. Isn't this wonderful? By any measure... You and I were both at art shows this past week. Yes, weekend. we were. The shittiest art we saw mm-hmm. that sold for a lot of money. You God. couldn't pass that shit. <laughs> you could not have passed that through there. And anyone would have looked at that and said, is this conceptual? No, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is not this is, sell. Uh, this is poo-poo? They were, they, I like the baby would look at that and cry every day if that was in the room. Every day. Because it's bad art. Anyway, there's that. And then just I noticed it was coming from a place of division. Like everything... It's us against you them. You angry. Yeah. I said the thing that made me, like, it was appalling to me that it was very elementary and that it was make it was simplifying things in a way that it was just anger. It was everything was about anger and it was about, and it, you said it, it was an us versus them. And it's an us as in, like, white people mm-hmm. who love guns mm-hmm. versus them the liberal elites, so some some white people mm. who who think they're too smart, who think they're Whole smarter than us, shoppers. right? Um, and people who look like me and you, who yeah. are you know people of color, mm. who are illegals, who are right. you know who are these immigrants coming you know? to take our jobs. and not all immigrants or no. undocumented folks. No, no, no. We're no, talking no. about the people of color. Yeah. We're not talking about the people from Canada who are white. We're not talking about the the great people of Norway mm-hmm. and the Netherlands. We're not building um, a wall on Canada. No, we are we, not. We have not put in for the wall on Canada. No. That's 
No. Uh, there was a there was a radio show a few years ago I listened to in which the guys were talking about this very issue of illegal immigration. Sure. And how people were being deported and this, that, and the other. Yeah. A guy calls in and says, I really appreciate you guys talking about this. It's really important, but it's got me scared because... And he was British. Okay. And he said, I'm worried because I came here illegally two years ago to be with my true love. She lives here in Oregon. I'm with her. Oh, love is sweet. Yeah, and I'm just worried that if I'm found out that... I will be taken away from her. And he said, hey, mate, it sounds to me like you're a white guy. Is that accurate? He said, yeah. He said, I'm not talking about you. Which is so problematic. (laughs) Right. So problematic to think that like that is okay. You know, that this is an okay way to think that like, and and we talked about how this country, um, and most of it is because we now have the World Wide Web that Al Gore created, um, and <laughs> that was a joke. Um, if you didn't get that, and we have everything's like information's on our fingertips, and we can learn and like the so whether you have access to it or not is another question, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on your um, socioeconomic status, where you live, all those different kinds of things. But in this country, we're in a place where people who are white um, and are potentially more conservative whether it be socially, fiscally, whatever it may Mm -hmm. be, who are afraid of illegals. They're not illegals. They're just undocumented. Let's call them what they are. Um, Let's, so there's that. But like, they're seeing these things as a threat to what is America, Mm. right? They're seeing someone that looks like you and me as a threat to what is American because what is American is white, red, white, and red, white, and blue. It is football on Thursday, Sundays, and and Monday nights. Yeah. It is going to church on Sunday with their whatever you know. It's going mm-hmm. to work, you know, working hard so I can have my two point five kids, my dog, my picket fence, whatever. And it's all white. Mm-hmm. And it's you know you know what's uncomfortable about Amer- like the America that we have right now. We have two. Black directors having the number one and two movies in in the box office right now, mm. it Black Panther and Wrinkle in Time. It is what's uncomfortable is that there is a black super superhero and people are really loving it. It made a billion dollars. Right. What's uncomfortable is that what I know as America is changing, mm. and that makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. And what I say to those people is that everybody else that isn't white has been feeling uncomfortable, and we've been fine. Ridiculous. It's really not that serious, and it's this feeling of like maybe it's an identity crisis, right? Maybe it is this, oh, this yeah. moment of like I don't know who I am if I'm not American, and you're telling me American looks more and more like you. Mm-hmm. This like looks more and more like me. Looks more and more like this, you know, melt quote unquote melting right. pot. You know that it's looking more brown because I've always been the default as a white right. person. It's always been. Our way, and if you were going to come to this country, you had to learn our language mm-hmm. and use our money and like our music mm-hmm. and wear our fashions and those things. And this were... is our land. And then mm-hmm. when we tell them, "Yo, your your ancestry stole this land from people who actually lived here," can I tell you some bullshit? <laughs> tell me historically. Yes. You know the story of white people taking indigenous land here. Yes, obviously. that is, that is how the 13 colonies became the 13 colonies. They did the Reconstruction Amendments mm-hmm. after the Civil War, sure. allowing black people to... <laughs> black people, there was a first an act, a voting act, allowing mm-hmm. black people to vote. 
Mm-hmm. And then there was the amendment. Uh, well, there was the abolition of slavery. Then there was the act allowing them to vote. Mm-hmm. And then they did the 14th Amendment, allowing them to have the same rights under the law mm-hmm. that other people have. Because it wasn't clearly stated by the sure. ab- abolition of slavery. Right. Um, then there was another Reconstruction Amendment that was an amendment to allow people to vote. Mm-hmm not based on color or creed or anything like that. It's like, wait, didn't we do the voting act already? Yeah. Why do we have to specify even for They had to do it again because people just weren't doing it. Right. And so it was redundant in that way. But in the act that allowed black people to be citizens Mm -hmm. under the law, they also, they being white men, Mm -hmm. said, should we also consider Native Americans in that as well? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I read that. I read that as a... Wait, wait. You mean the people who were here first? You mean like this is their country? Like this is their land? Should we consider... The, it's like you roll into someone's house and you say, start eating I'm gonna... all their food and sleeping in their bed like, should we consider them as part of this household? <laughs> I'm going to do that to you one day. I'm just going to come into your... Serious? I'm just going to come into your apartment and just be like, I live here now. And you're going to be like, what are you doing? So, go, go back uptown. So over the history of white <laughs> Americans, it's always been... Oh yeah, we just take shit. And yeah, everyone else has to just deal with it. Yep. And so when black people and people of color are saying, you know, that really affluent neighborhood you live in, or that really affluent, I'm gonna school, live there. I'm gonna I've, live there. I'm gonna go to school. I have money there. to live there. Kids are gonna live there. Yeah. Um, that job that you have that mm-hmm. you got through a friend or from a friend of a friend, or the right. job that you're going for because you got the Ivy League education or whatever, there's gonna come a person of color who comes along who maybe has really good credentials from their school that's not Ivy League, mm-hmm. and they did really excellent and they prove their chops at a lot of different levels right and they speak to a certain kind of culture and uh direction that company wants to go in and they're gonna get that job even though they don't have the same connections and maybe the same credentials you do they have the work ethic and the um accomplishments at the level they were at Mm -hmm. to prove promising and a potential right uh win for that company they're gonna get that job and you could say affirmative action sucks Mm -hmm. but you've been white for the longest, or you've been in position, positions of affluent class for the longest. But it's hard to say that if you were like, no, I also pick myself up from my bootstraps. You're talking about ancestry that has nothing to do with me right now in this moment. Right. And so that's what's complicated about all of like this. Tunnel vision. Yeah, it's, it's super difficult. And I think when I think about what these young people did just to kind of close out this section is just thinking about like, it starts with these young people and I'm really glad that they're starting there. I still, to be critical, like, you know, I will say the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, we're, we're started by young people too. Let's give them the same support that we're giving these students about gun violence. So that's just my little okay, PSA. Okay, I see what you did there. It's just my little PSA. I see what you did. You yeah, had to be- make it black. You had to just bring the, we were talking about guns. You gotta black everything up. This is America. (laughs) Why does it gotta be about race? That's Um, racist. Was that your whiteness coming out there? Can you can you suppress your whiteness in this moment? Sorry, he gets the better of me sometimes. (laughs) Sorry, Mrs. Betty, that I made (laughs) that I made your son oppress his whiteness. I don't mean to. (laughs) For the for the just a tip. Next time you're out there and someone says all lives matter, just. Just vomit. I won't even get into it. Just vomit everything. I have I have a thing about that. I I call it blam. Blam. It's a BLM. I call mm-hmm. Blam. Oh, like Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Okay. Also matter. Oh, uh, oh, Black. Oh, like Blam. Okay. To help people understand, it's an easier acronym, and I can just help people say like, we're not saying 
Black Lives Matter and other lives don't. Right. We're saying they also matter because if you knew anything about any sort of history in the United States, you would know that black lives historically have not meant a lot to this country. Right. So In a very, like, prominent and overt way. Not in an underhanded kind of way. Yeah. Because, I mean, I will say say Asian lives also sometimes there have been moments that Asian lives don't matter. There has been, like... Binary. There is... We we talk in a very binary way, but there has been anti-APEDA legislation, like, scattered all over America's lawmaking, as well as anti-Latinx you know, legislation that's been out there. So, like, this is, like, if you are a person of color, mm-hmm. this country isn't always for you. So you need to fight a little bit harder. Oh, I... So anyway, that's all that I had. Do you want to add anything else before we talk about some ball? Because uh, there's some good stuff, fun stuff happening, ball-wise. No, I feel good about it. All right, let's 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 get into this. Right, it is now time to talk about some ball. We are a month, a little less than a month away from the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, which is super exciting. And it's just um, then a month of really exciting basketball. Yeah. Because it's playoff season. And then we have the off season for so long. Yeah. But it's okay. But last off season was really exciting. Yes, because so everyth- everything happened. If we get anything like that. And this is the decision 3.0. Right. So, oh my God. Just get ready for it. It's going to be awesome. Um, but outside of basketball stuff, there's some other pretty big basketball things happening that I don't normally care about. Mm-hmm. Um, is March Madness, which is the NCAA collegial college basketball. Um, mm-hmm. I normally don't care because I was like, my team's never, like the, my alma mater never really gets up to go to the big dance, as they call the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. Um, Mine neither. And so, I usually I'm just like I usually make a bracket for fun with some friends or whatever, and like call it a day. I usually just pick like the best record of each of the mm-hmm. you know each of the teams and like hope it wins. <laughs> but wait, you go off the straight. Wait, what? What? Like whoever whoever is like the higher seed. Oh, you just follow the bracket. Yeah. You just, That's all I do. One, number ones always show up. Yep. All right. And my bracket has often been broken because it's March Madness. It's only one game. Yeah. It's, you know, what, 40 minutes total? Yeah, that 5 and 12 upset. That it, always happens. Yeah, always happens. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, but this year is different because my Loyola Ramblers from Chicago, it's uh-huh. alma mater, is where I, where I got my master's. Ah. They made it to the dance and they won their first game. With a 28-foot three-pointer. That's pretty sick. Um, in the last second. That's what's up. It was lit. And that's what March Madness is. That's what's exciting about March Madness. Because it, like every minute of the game counts. Because whoever wins is the only one that moves forward. It isn't like the NBA where you need to have best of... You know, seven. best of best of seven. I wish I could care as much as I used to care about March Madness. I used to follow it and do brackets. Now I cannot... Well, no. Again, I did a bracket this year because and I have Loyola. Loyola uh, yeah. I have Loyola going all the way. They're probably not going to go all the way, but you're a D one school. Yeah, I went to D one schools, um, both both undergrad and grad. I went to a D two school for undergrad. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you, those football games were awesome. <laughs> did it exist? Yeah. We didn't have football in either <clears throat> of the t- schools I went to because we I went to schools in Chicago. Yeah. 
Okay. So well, that's our basketball. We had, we had team. basketball. Our D two basketball team. Mm-hmm. I took a basketball course just for funsies. You had to liberal arts education. You had to take a physical education course. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I it's like PE. I thought I left this behind. I know, right? <laughs> right. So I took basketball. The coach of the basketball team taught it. Uh-huh. Shocker. And uh, I was good enough that he was like. You could, you, you could have been a collegial basketball player for a D two uh, basketball cares? school. I was like, I don't think that. Alex, you could have been a coach. You could have. I could have been the water boy. So <laughs> the and there was you could have been LeBron James's but, water but this boy. Was, you're taking this really far. That escalated I abso- quickly. Absolutely, I can't trace I'm the trajectory a, that I you're am, thinking of. I am dreaming big dreams for you, sir. Oh. That's what friends do. Wow, that went quick. <laughs> You know, I also took a politics class while uh-huh. I was there. You could have been, been the been next. Obama? You could have been the next Barack Obama. <laughs> I, All you need to do is find your Michelle, and you know I'm a good wing woman. Or you can have S. Wrigley to go I, with you because he's a better wing uh, man sure, than I am. That guy could sign and seal any deal. This, true, um, true story. The, the team, though, uh, it was a mostly a co-ed class, mm-hmm. so mostly girls, and then me and I so mean, you got like, everybody's number. Uh, I was no, I wasn't actively looking. I think I had a girlfriend at the time. But the there was this other white kid on the team uh-huh. who was sure, sure if he wasn't battling to get the A in the course, uh-huh. he was trying to get on the team. Oh, like he would barrel through the lane for a layup, and he would with havoc, which is disregard for human life. <laughs> and there are these five. He would foot he girls. would LeBron he would LeBron the yeah, situation. Yeah, all these girls <laughs> just out here just trying to get their credit. You know, you know the girls may be really good no, basketball players, no, so no, don't no. don't no, be no, like no, this, no, no, okay? No. I, don't be this. I, this is don't not be this. Shamika holds claw. <laughs> we're talking about here. I'm talking about little dainty white girls from the suburbs <laughs> who are like, what's a basketball? You know, and he's how are they here. like again? What's the basketball? <laughs> and he's down there. Is that your dainty white girl? It's uh, not sexy. <laughs> uh, there's no upward inflection. I didn't do that. But the uh, but he would just go through. I was like, man, come on. You need to, you're not getting on this team. Right. Neither am I. I. The only difference is I don't care. Right. <laughs> you do. But, but you could have had a you could have had a. Moment. But the NCAA is uh, problematic. Problematic <laughs> in that these players play their guts out for us to scrutinize them, and they don't get paid. Yep. And their coaches. And the athletic directors make a butt ton of money. They make so much money. Especially if you're a football, like, NCAA player. Like, football, definitely significantly more than basketball, but... um, Um, Not in the case of Duke. Well, yeah, no, Duke is different. And North Carolina. Yep, you're right. That was was a lie. Yeah, it depends on the program. Yeah, it's the legacy of the program and the people that come out of it. That's true. so, but hey, good luck to all of the teams. And it's well, yes, all the teams. I wish them luck, but specifically for my Ramblers. You think go, they're going all the way, huh? That's my. They're gonna dance. You know what? They're gonna be the Cinderella story. That the reason why I like the Ramblers is that there is a sister, a nun called named Sister Jean, mm-hmm. Jean Schmidt. I've known her since my time at like she's been there for years, um, and I've met her. I've eaten dinner with her she is one of the most lovely lovely humans in the world yeah. she loves basketball she's one of the chaplains for the basketball players you gotta get uh, a sister. and she like she has customized nikes in the um what? loyola loyola colors and it says sister jean on one foot says one foot says sister the other foot says jean is that compliant with uh non-uniform regulations uh don't matter because jesuits are awesome all right <laughs> just what uh, I'll- <laughs> What? That's a that's a Jesuit. That's thing. what they say. No, that's what like 
us nerdy Jesuit like I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> like by the way, I just I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> Quickly but, backs away from. <laughs> I'm like I'm not even Catholic, but I really enjoyed my Jesuit education. It yeah, was no. it was very social it's, justice focused. Yeah, I've um, heard this. Yeah, and it's very um, inclusive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like. Christian, like you have to take a religious course and things like that. Um, yeah, sure as, comes with but the like territory. it's kind of comes with the territory. But very inclusive, uh, very open-minded, open, very open-minded, um, and super love it. But Sister Jean is awesome, and Sister Jean has two brackets: a realistic bracket where <laughs> where Loyola only makes it to the Sweet Sixteen, and then she has a Cinderella story bracket where Loyola makes it all the way. So. You know, she's a very realistic, but Which she's... Which bracket do you want to see? The realistic one? <laughs> or, or Narnia? She's been making the rounds, so she's been, like, on New York Times recently and things like that, oh, which is cool, because she's cool. 98 years old. She's not... Damn, with those custom Nikes? Yeah, and she is... And she Damn. did, like, a... We did a... Um, I can hear some boost. Um, a, midnight, a midnight breakfast thing mm-hmm. where, like... Uh, uh, administrators and grad students were like mm-hmm. uh, serving food for this for folks and we did a a, a, a flash mom and she like joined in on it Aww. and like obviously she didn't do like everything it was yeah. a Chris Brown song it was really cute uh, but she had so much fun I mean she's just a gem and so just for her I want them to make it all the Question. way <laughs> what is a rambler it's like a wolf like a, a that's what I've always that me our mascot is a wolf I was yeah, okay. I was just thinking to myself, a rambler. It was like a rebel in my mind, but then I thought, what if it's someone who just rambles a lot? No, it's not that. I thought, that's a Jesuit thing to do. That's It's a, very, a wolf. Like, what is a rambler? It's a wolf mascot. Are you, it's a wolf mascot? Yeah. Is it a person, animal, or thing that rambles? No, that's not it. I mean, whatever. It can't it's, be a wolf mascot. It's a wolf because that would be a wolf mascot mascot. Yeah. It's a wolf. Whatever. We're, we're the Ramblers, and we're awesome. And I'm very excited for us. And wishing them all the best. And their, their potential NBA prospects in the in in the NCAA, um, like Trey Young and the kid from Arizona, right? Was it Arizona? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Do you remember? Aiton. Aiton? 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 A-Y-T-U-N. Aiton. 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 DeAndre Aiton. Yeah. Um, so they may be, you know, the freshman class of uh, the rookie class of the NBA, potentially. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. They better get out of the NCAA soon because most of them are uh, embroiled in a lot of scandals. Yep. Not, so not great. We're going to Pete Carroll that situation. Just get Reggie Bush out of there before Ooh. shit hits the fan. Ooh. Um, anyway, so that's NCAA, but do you want to talk about some other no, basketball stuff? listen. What? The dictionary says... What? Rambler. Number one, definition. Someone one, who talks too much. One, that rambles. Right. Uh, two, any of the various climbing roses with long, flexible canes and rather small, often double flowers and large clusters. Number three, a ranch house. And that's all we got. Your, your mascot is the ranch house? No... It's a, it's a Nick oh so it's a so what is a ramble? It, apparently, the origin of Loyola Chicago's nickname goes back to a football team of the nineteen twenties, and so that thing is simply called the Maroon and Gold. And I don't know, whatever. I don't really care. I We're called the Ramblers. It, I think it comes from the idea that like you ramble up the field. It's like a maybe like this kind of like combustible engine type feel. Oh, they were called the Ramblers because the football team went all across the country rambling from place to place. 
rambling, like talking a lot. Like just going from one place, like very similar, like they're like going boom, from one, like going from like one place to a another. Combustible engine type, yeah, movement. Um, okay, the Ramblers. That makes sense. Yeah. All Either right. way, I'm super excited for them. And the NCAA yeah. is is always an exciting time, usually, because uh, the games are always pretty intense. Always, usually, sometimes. Always, usually, sometimes. Yes. Th- that made sense, right? Indubitably. <laughs> uh, All right. Else? Do you want to talk about Jeannie? Yeah, Jeannie, but you brought this to my attention, and I think it's worth talking about. I mean, not for very long. So Jeannie Buss, who is the owner, uh huh, president, no, owner. Owner. Owner of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Lakers. Right. Um, inherited by from her father. I guess father. you would call her the general manager. Is and she... then uh, Magic is the... No, maybe Rob Palenko is the general manager. Magic is the president of basketball operations. Right. Jeannie is at least the owner. No, I, I think Jeannie is the owner. She's definitely the owner, but I don't know if she has another title. Um, let's see. The NBA... Let's look at the Wikipedia of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, I don't know where it went. Anyway, so she, you know, she is. Uh, her family has been in the Laker world for many, many years. Like she, it's been, it's part of her owner and president. Okay, I told, I knew it. She's, I think she's one of the. Is she the only president and owner that's a female? I can't think of anybody I else. I would think so. I think she's the only female. Oh shoot! Some of these pictures. She's okay. she's beautiful. Well, no, I know, but she's posing some pictures that are like model s and a little risque okay genie do you lived your best life she was engaged to phil jackson at one point this i was aware of and i still can't accept it i don't understand that that must have been an interesting did he like zen all the time is that what he did he's much older than her he um, is so he kind of like you know wiggled his way into the bus family it was like oh you know dr bus your daughter's so beautiful He's like Phil, get away from my daughter. <laughs> get away from my get away from my daughter. Anyway, so and she's been a, like if you like listen to her history, we've talked about her before. Like she's she made some really difficult decisions for the Laker organization as far as like removing her brother, I believe, and things like that to yeah. to better the organization and things like that. So mm-hmm. again, basketball has been part of her blood forever. And so she was recently on an interview where she was asked whether Magic or Kobe would ever be her pick for best Laker ever. And her answer was pretty interesting. This is what she said specifically. I can't because it's two different eras. And if and if they were teammates, I'd have to I would I would have a really hard time to say, but they're not, you know? It's two different eras. But here's what I, I'll throw out there, throw out at you. Maybe we haven't seen the greatest Laker yet. Maybe the player is here now. Maybe we're gonna draft him this season. Who knows? But maybe there's somebody else out there that's going to make the answer even easier. Jeannie, sweetie, honey. What? Mm. <laughs> How can mm. you say that even outside of Magic and Kobe, what about Kareem? Why do we always forget Kareem? Just go outside and look at the statues. Choose from one of those. <laughs> like, these are the statues. I mean, you're not even putting Shaq in the conversation. I don't think Shaq is the greatest player, the greatest no, Laker, no, no, no. by any means. But like, look at the statues. Which one would you pick? Right. It's not just pick one. Um, but she, I'm sure she just didn't want to because she's like friends with all of them. Sure, I get you know? that. And she's like grown up with all of but them. But I like how she got into the semantics of all time. Mm-hmm. When you say what is all time, when you say all time, you mean past, present, and future. Right. How do I know? I can't see the future. When you say up to this point. Who's been the greatest Laker thus far? Who would you say? Oh, I would. 
that uh, what would your I would gut say, say? I, I would have to say Kobe. Not magic? Longevity. 20 years. Okay. I have to. Well, Magic's yeah. Magic's career was cut short. I know. So we didn't get to see all What it could have been. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Fair. I mean, just, yeah, they, it got cut. I mean, his numbers, assist-wise, amazing. Yeah. His ability to pass was incredible. Right. Uh, but he was also a six-foot... 10 point guard? He was huge. Yeah. So he was t- no, 6'9. He was taller than LeBron. Mm-hmm. He towered over most people mm-hmm. at his position. So I don't know. But Kobe was out there just uh, winning uh, Oscars. I mean, <laughs> bro, he was, he was something. I mean, who would you say? Um, I think if we think of greatest of all time so far as a Laker and thinking of all time. The way that I think about it now, I would say Kobe too. And that's no bias. I think it's only because Kareem stayed too long in the role, mm-hmm. and so he tarnished his legacy a little bit, right. in my opinion. And Magic had his career cut too short, right? And that's why I, that's the only reason I gave it. Because a part of me was just like, if you're gonna say Lonzo Ball is gonna be one of the greatest the, Lakers. I'm, I I literally I was just like, what do you mean he's currently I'm like, the boy's injured, isn't he? Isn't he I'm still the injured list? I'm looking at <laughs> a picture right now on the World Wide Web mm-hmm. of Jeannie Bus I came across with her standing next to D'Angelo Russell, their mm-hmm. former number two pick. Yep. Who statistically I'm not sure about right now, but at least for the first half of this year, mm-hmm. his numbers were epic. Good, mm-hmm. a low key. People mm-hmm. just did not know. Right, D'Angelo's uh, efficiency rating was so good. Right, and he's better than Lonzo, um, but they traded him away to get Lonzo. Right, and so Ginny's standing next to all these trophies with D'Angelo. It's like, oh, maybe he'll be the next great. Laker. Right, you trade away someone with really good numbers to get this guy who's still not as good as not as good. Yeah, um, and but, has the weirdest shot. My God, it is so ugly. If he hits it, I don't care what it looks like. It still then, looks ugly. There's pictures of Brandon Ingram standing here next to it, too. And I'm just looking at Jeannie standing next to all these fly young brothers and thinking, you could trade any one of these guys at any moment. Do they know that? Like, do they talk about the fact that Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo could be out next year? Mm-hmm. They could be gone. Yeah. Because and then, you're looking for the next great Laker. Would it be LeBron? Do you think LeBron will go to the Lakers? I don't know. Who? I don't know. Nobody knows. No, so I mean, he doesn't knows? know. He doesn't know because things don't have to shake out. He's thinking about the here and now, getting to the playoffs, yeah. doing good things. So yeah, that's that's my only thing about Jeannie, sweetie, honey. Just pick. Just uh, just yeah, she pick. can't. She can't. But she can't. Can you imagine <laughs> if you were like Kobe and you work with Magic now, <laughs> or you said Magic and Kobe's like Jeannie? You know how Kobe is. Kobe has feelings. He's a little sensitive about that. <laughs> He likes the flattery. He doesn't want to hear. It's like if I if I had like multiple dogs, like pick pick your favorite dog. I'm like, nope, they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> they will know. Um, do you see something? Well, this dropped recently. This what? is sneaker news. Sneaker news. Uh huh. I like Ar- sneakers. Under Armour. I want to say my love for sneakers. Mm-hmm. I blame completely on you, and that's um, a problem. And I purposely don't go into Kith or don't go into Nike or Adidas because I know that I would accidentally drop a lot of money. And so I just walk away. I just look at it from afar Uh or look at their Instagram and just keep it moving because 
it's bad. I try. I blame you. I, I blame you. I, I know, and I accept responsibility because I got into a phase in high school. I was big into sneakers. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy a lot, but I researched them. Yeah, all. you liked. You, and you, now you knew the science behind it. I'm back into it. But what I try to do is the same thing I do with candy bars. When I go to the store and I see a bunch of all those candy bars lined up at the register, yeah. you know, and they're all colorful, <sighs> I just strip them out of their packaging mm-hmm. and visually imagine them just as they are. It's just brown. Everything's just Some brown. are white. Like, my favorite is Hershey's Cookies and Cream. I don't like white cream. chocolate. It's not chocolate. Wow. Tastes like shit. So wow. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I feel have very you ever, strong Have you ever it. tried Hershey's Cookies and Cream? Yeah. So yummy. There's a synthetic waxiness to the texture. You are right. That there, pisses me off yeah, to that's, no it's, Yeah, it is definitely processed. I'm like, <laughs> why would you put this in packaging? Anyway, um... Uh, so I imagine everything is brown, and it just takes away all the luster and the allure of it. I have to try that, because every time I go in the checkout, I'm just like, ooh, I really want M&M's right now. And then I just, well, the M&M's, okay, so strip off the candy coating. Yeah, no, I strip it, like, little, just, just Yeah, and, like, brown. when I look at Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, it's that orange and yellow packaging. Right. Like, ooh, and then I just imagine it off. It's like, oh, two brown circles. <laughs> oh, Snickers bar, one brown log. But when you cut it open, you have the gooey... Nuts. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> but so when I go to a shoe store, I look and I say, okay, what? Because technology-wise, mm-hmm. what am I looking at? Right. If it's just a midsole foam, mm-hmm. then I just do a cross section in my mind, cut it in half. Right. I see just the foam midsole, rubber outsole, and then there's some fabric around it to hold it to my right. foot. And I just look over the whole shelf. If everything is like that, then it just takes away a little bit of the temptation. Right. Under anyway, Armour released Armour. the Curry Five. Does it look like a, a grandma shoe? Because <laughs> like some of his shoes. You still joning on him on the two? <laughs> yep. That was the two. We're on the four now. He's wearing. And you're right. still gunning him for the two. I it mean, did look like a grandma shoe. It really did. It looked like a shoe that my mom would wear as a nurse when she <laughs> goes to the hospital. <laughs> they were like, "When did New Balance start making signature shoes?" Yeah, yeah the internet is funny. But um, the Curry 5, because Curry's wearing the 4 this year. Mm-hmm. He's on the Curry 4. And uh, just side note, very rigid, very responsive. Ooh. So the, the midsole cushioning mm-hmm. is virtually non-existent. Mm. This, I don't know what this man's knees are made out of. Jesus. Vibranium, maybe. Potentially. Because he can, I mean, there's no shock absorption whatsoever. Does, didn't he have an ankle? Isn't he still out for, for yeah, his yeah, ankle yeah. injury? Yeah, but that's the thing. He needs more stability on yeah. his ankles. Because he's got... He's got Weak ankles. Sensitive ankles. Sweet. And so he's tweaking them all the time. Yeah. It so happens. they need to give him a lot of support in that area. So the Curry 5 came out. He's going to a low cut. He what? made the Kobe move. Kobe had all those signature shoes, and he was the first player in a long time to go low cut. Hmm. And everyone said, Wait, what about your ankle protection? Kobe said, I don't care about that. I have trainers who can wrap all my ankles. I'm trying to be sleek, stealth, lightweight. And That's control. smart. And honestly, people get this misconception that sneakers should be high tops for ankle support. Yeah, no, it that shouldn't. That does not... It the, doesn't give you support. It, it just... no support. Yeah, it doesn't give you any support. The thing that supports uh, ankle health to keep you from rolling is the back heel counter right mm-hmm. behind your heel and how that attaches to the footbed. Yeah. So as long as that is structured to bring your heel right on the footbed and keep it locked in there, mm-hmm. you'll never turn your ankle. Yeah. This was sloppy anyway. Yeah. So that's what it is. So, yeah, Curry, after all the ankle injuries, people looked at his new shoe and said, is this the low-cut version? Mm-hmm. Where's the high top? He's going low-cut. 
I just thought it was interesting. It's a good looking shoe. That's good. It doesn't look like a grandma shoe. It doesn't look like a grandma shoe. It looks pretty sleek. Um, but I'll have to take a look at it. Check it out because I also, materials wise, Nike can spend on premium materials. Adidas can do premium materials. Mm-hmm. Under Armour, what I like about them is they're a company based out of Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I like to support that community, but I, I have not been able to buy a UA shoe because I don't think the materials look prime mm. enough. Well, it's, it's interesting. I just realized he just turned 30, too. So this is... Mm-hmm. So, you know... 30 also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 also. Yes, yeah. that's how English works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm an immigrant. There's, well, you said the right two, but the listeners might have thought the wrong two. Right. Yes, he, he just turned, turned 30, 30 also. as well yeah. on top of this shoe coming out. So I wonder... Like, turning 30 is a, a big big deal um doesn't he wear the number 30 he does so that's also potentially why yeah. like you know when you turn 30 at least for me when i turned 30 i was just like i give i gave like no, no f's, f's. <laughs> absolutely i was like i was like i don't care what anybody thinks i'm just gonna do mm-hmm. me <laughs> mm-hmm. um but also like be thoughtful all that other stuff so yeah I'm, I'm excited good for him and i wish him the best love it does look good i just saw i just see a picture of it it, yeah. it does look good it's sleek it's sleek it's i don't know if i would buy it myself but uh Mm. Hey, Nike messed up when they didn't they call him by the wrong name or something like that. Yeah, they called him uh, Stefan. S- no, that's his name. No, it's Stefan. Oh, it's Stefan. How dare you? No, yeah, I'm thinking about Stefan from on um, from uh, Family Matters. No, Marbury. <laughs> no, 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 from um, On the Run, the podcast uh, with Jesse Williams and stuff. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's why. Shout out. Yeah, both are very attractive men. Just saying. Anyway. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's just what I'm into. Sure. Um, something else happened this week, or this past week. Russell Bruss- Westbrook, Westbrook, what the hell? <laughs> Russell Westbrook um, had 100 triple doubles. Like In one game? No. <laughs> like, he, in his career, has had 100 tri- triple doubles, uh, making yeah, him, did. like, the fourth player Mm-hmm. In all of NBA mm-hmm. history, to mm-hmm. be in the triple digits, yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. He joins uh, LeBron, Magic. That's another reason why Magic's pretty amazing. Is because yeah. his career was cut short, and he still had a hundred yeah. triple doubles. Um, and Jason Kidd. So yep, those four. I, when I look at him in that company, I think, wow, you're. And he could easily pass up some of them. Oh, he will be. Pa- Sorry, no, I'm wrong. No, it wasn't him. There's another one, Oscar Robertson. Yes, he's he. I don't think he'll get there. And well, he might, because Oscar has 183, and Russell has 100 now. But he got 42 in one season, and he's a he's basically averaging a triple double right now. No, he. So let me let me look at all this because I just want to make sure. Uh, LeBron is number six, because LeBron has 69. So the top person is Oscar Robertson, 181. Second, 138 is Magic Johnson. 107, Jason Kidd. He will definitely pass Jason Kidd, obviously. And the fourth person is Russell Westbrook. Yes, LeBron is at 69. My Mm -hmm. mistake. Uh, Him, Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson. I think he can get to Oscar Robertson. You think so? He'll pass Jason, Jason and Magic for sure. Yes. I think he can get to Oscar because are we going to doubt on Brody? No. Are we legit going to say not. 
this guy. I'm not. I'm not stupid. No. I'm not dumb. The man, like, not only is his athleticism just off the charts, he, his heart for the game, like, he is a, he is so, he is a sniper when it's out there. He is doing what he needs to do to he'll, get his get the job done. He'll be the most underappreciated player in our generation. I appreciate him significantly, so Nah, he just he just won't be appreciated to the degree that we probably should while watching him cuz he's in a small market. Yeah. But if he were playing But he liked OKC. Yeah, no, he committed out of choice. He didn't have to stay there, but he likes But he it. he likes it and he likes signing contracts and, you know, the birthdays mm-hmm. of the trolling. The trolling. <laughs> He's, he's good at it. Yeah. Well, congrats to him. That's an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. I have no triple doubles to my name, so that's pretty impressive. That yeah, I don't think, I'm like, I have no, I don't think I have any triple doubles that I've ever had when Even I played ball. Even in Catholic Youth Council, I didn't get triple doubles like that. <laughs> Was it not a Jesuit school? Jesuit Catholic? Club? I joined the Jesuits to play after the school basketball season was over. Uh-huh. And I'd come in like midway through and I'd just terrorize those Catholics. <laughs> I'd show up halfway through the game and be like, oh, we're down by 20. <laughs> slow motion rip off the breakaway pants. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm let's here. do this. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> Curry. Uh, Curry, you mean Kobe. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Kobe at the time. Yes, it was Kobe at yeah. the time. Um, uh, did you hear about J.R. Smith? Did he, throw su- did he throw su- soup at he somebody again? He did not again? throw soup at anyone, but he was benched again for the second time this year. Benched as in, like, not not a starter. Not a starter. Okay. Taken out of the starting line- lineup. Oh, you know he got feelings about that. Well, he's he's sensitive. He's, he's yeah. Set, that's a and, topic. you know, it's okay because men can have feelings, too, and there's nothing wrong with him <clears throat> being sensitive. I hope. We, had, we talked about mental health on the last one. Mm-hmm. I hope he receives mental health. <laughs> You're so I, wrong for that. No, I mean, you're not wrong for that. But it's, like, it's a legit. It's like how we want Kanye to have therapy. Like right. we just like we know that there's things potentially happening, so you just need just. If, if there are things that he's holding back uh, that are affecting him mm-hmm. because he's too proud to get help, then he. Need, I hope he is over that, and I hope he has people around him. Right. Because this will hurt his feelings, and so J.R. Smith getting benched. So he was just benched because they just wanted to start somebody else? Because Ty Lu said, Uh-oh. I'm going in a different direction, and I'm going to start Kyle Corber. So he started Kyle Corber the other game against the Suns. So it's a safe experiment. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a safe experiment. Um, You're about to go off- into the playoffs, potentially, so yeah. you want to... Kyle went off for 22 points, you know? That's He's great. He's like, I'm gunning in this three. That's what right. I do. And JR came off the bench and did like 14 or something. That's not bad. So I got you coming off the bench... Doing better than you normally do. I got... <laughs> because you have something to prove. Yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, and whatever Eric, motivation. Kyle's out here doing what he used to do as a starter in Atlanta. Just doing and whatever he can. wasn't he a starter team. in Chicago too? I think he was a starter in Chicago as well. You would know better than I. I think he was a... Yeah, he was a... Yeah, I missed him then. So he... Uh, so they benched JR, but he did it via text message. Wait. The coach texted him to let him know. Coach Lou just... Allegedly. Allegedly texted J.R. Smith to say, Ooh. "Hey, I'm putting you on the bench. I'm taking you out of the starting lineup. We'll say." You Feeling, think Ty's gonna lose his job? Uh, he should. Cause not for that. Just no, but general. just like that's like bad. I mean, that's management be, of your. That's bad well, management of your. Team. I could blame Kobe Altman for the decisions that led to this roster. Sure. But the roster is actually fairly good now, but they're still six and six. And for that, I blame Ty Lue. Um, 
and the coaching staff there. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's lost the trust of the players. He's lost the confidence of the players. Yeah. They don't show up and believe in Ty Lue. They want to work for him and do well, but they're not inspired by him. Right. They're inspired by LeBron, Coach LeBron. Right. If you brought in, there's very few players that can get the respect that that team needs, and that they include Steve Kerr, Popovich. I, I can't even say Doc Rivers anymore. Yeah, Doc, Doc has made some poor decisions the past couple of months, his, or just this yeah. past season. The whole Austin Rivers thing yeah, has thrown it's everybody very, off. Yeah, it's very... Like, you can't even use D'Antoni. It's really Popovich and Kerr. Those are the only Maybe guys. Maybe D'Antoni. No. Really, you don't think? No. He's <laughs> Definitely not off. Phil Jackson. He's a hand... No, absolutely <laughs> D'Antoni's too hands-off. And he just... Let's run a fast offense. Yeah, mm. defense later, whatever. Mm. But let's run a fast offense. And for LeBron... He needs a two-way kind of coach. Yeah, who values both. I mean, yeah, because he values both. But uh, yeah, you know, wonder, that's you're that, right. I, I think that's a little tough. So, Jr., would you be okay with? What are your feelings on the text message benching? Um, the bench, the benching, I don't mind. Like benching, like the decision to bench mm-hmm. him. We we the numbers show that it was a smart decision as far as the numbers that it provided and produced. Sure. Um. We are we in our positions, what we do in our day jobs, manage people, manage feelings, manage projects. Like God in heaven. Yeah, you know, we just we manage a lot of stuff. Ninety five percent of what I do is communication. Right. And it's just like managing every and a lot of the times it's managing people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Managing up, managing down. Like it's mm-hmm. like managing across. Like it's a lot of like seeing what's like and that's what a coach does, right? Like a coach It's like a chessboard. Yeah, you look at your board, you look mm-hmm. at what you have, you you Get to know the people that you're coaching so you know when they have their bad days, when they have their good days, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so the text, if he did text JR about mm-hmm. being benched, mm-hmm. it is a poor coaching management decision on his in on his realm. Knowing how sensitive JR can be, there's nothing wrong with him being sensitive. So you like I've always been told package messaging the way that the person can receive it. So if you're the kind of person that like can have maybe get their feelings hurt a little bit mm-hmm. more than normal or like not I won't even say more than normal that gets their feelings hurt they're a little bit more sensitive that is in touch in tune with their feelings and is expressive of it I'm going to be talking to you in a way when I'm giving you bad news that you could have those moments of having those feelings that is safe and whatnot and whatnot and and potentially if you are sensitive doing it via text message is a very impersonal way of doing it, which would only add to my sensitivity. So if I know you're a sensitive person, I'm going to sit down, have coffee with you, talk to you, maybe give you dinner, or even just have a sit-down conversation face-to-face. Be like, hey, this is my decision. This is why I came up with this decision. You're going to have dinner with someone who throws soup on people? I'm saying potentially. If okay. I was this, I would, maybe it was like after practice, hey, JR, this is what I'm thinking. I, I think this would be a good decision at the end of the day it doesn't mean we value any value you any less. We think you're still gonna give the give us the numbers that we need because at the end of the day we need the W. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need the W. Okay. It's all about going to all like right. it's all about packaging the information in a way, and doing it in person. You get to take that nuances of the nonverbals and the intonation and all those different things that someone who's sensitive will read into anyway. Because if you send me a text message, mm. like as a girl who dates <clears throat> in New York City, when I get a text message from a guy, oh, I am looking at it in a 
billion different ways. She's not a, way too much into this. Right, because because I really like this guy or because, what you know, whatever. So text messages are impersonal. So why would you send a text message about a coaching starter benching decision is beyond what I can understand. That is just stupid management. That is stupid coaching. May I play the devil's advocate? Nope. The devil has enough advocates, buddy. The, the, the jury would like the judge would like to call. Remember how we said we were going to try not to do those accents? I'm doing a carvel right now. <laughs> okay, it's just do it. for the sake of legalese. Um, my feeling toward this, I'm okay with it. You know why? I agree with everything that you said, but I think in the case of this profession, basketball, which is highly um, relationship important, sure, yes. But with this, with the business of basketball mm. and this particular individual, I have spent so much time befriending this person and holding their hand. So your coach, your coach, in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've been delicate with this player's ego. You've you've developed this person as as I have. Yeah. We, he's we've been ride or die together for sure. the longest. When D Wade came in. Got all butthurt about it, and I had to sit there and you know sop up his tears with a mop and say it's okay, you're still a good player, it's all right. He moped on the bench, and then Dwayne went out, and I had to watch you come in and underperform with the second worst numbers you've had in your career. Yeah, you're not producing. Then you're getting all pissy. You're throwing a uh, hissy fit, throwing, throwing soup, soup on one of my assistant coaches. And so I look at the landscape of where our team is, and maybe what you need right now is a little bit of anger, because I am tired of dealing with your shit. So I'm just going to oh, send I... you this text. And a very well-worded, it matters how the text was worded. Sure. It can't be like, yo, motherfucker, yeah. guess what? <laughs> You're on the bench. No, I'm sure it was more uh, professional. Yeah, that. sure. Do you tell him? This is what's happening. Now you know in writing. So when he comes to the facility, he has had time to get angry, run sure. through the range of emotions. And so when I see you five hours later, maybe you kind of work through this a little bit so you're in a better place than if you and I are in a room together. And I don't really care how you feel about it because that's my well, decision. Well, knowing Jerry, he, I don't know if he cooled down. I, if anything, it riled him up, which probably gave him the numbers that he needed. Yes. Which is some reverse psychology. Yeah, so a I bit. think that's what it is. But I think at the end of the day, there are moments like who someone put it out there in the press, right? Like this is this is the whole Rockets versus Clippers situation. Who told who that this encounter was happening, right? When the Rockets um, went mm, to the yeah. the Clippers uh, locker room. So like who's like. He could have just done this and no one would have known about it, but somebody told the press about it. And, like, it probably was JR and his people feeling butthurt about what happened. Oh. So, I mean, it's just not like I get that. I get there are moments where you need to play the bad guy. I get it. Yeah. But normally, normally I would, I would steer away from knowing if, like, if I send you a text message, I know you're not reading 15 things into it. Yeah, because because you're just like you said, oh, the sky man. was blue, I'm, and I believe you that the sky was blue. I will go straight to the language of that. <laughs> you're like, like you said you were fine. <laughs> you said you were fine. That's so what it says. That's how. That's how. What well, that's words mean things. So someone, tried, someone played me on that last week or a couple weeks ago. Tried to do a. You've known me for how long? 
you should know that if something, if this whatever comment is made, I will take it this way. I'm like, should I? Really? You think? Really? Oh, I'm a mind reader. Oh. Yeah. Did I, did I say it was Miss Cleo? I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing terrible accents. I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a practitioner of the spirit world. Uh, so no, you're whatever not. you're dishing out, you need to say it clearly. And you need to be explicit in your language. Be careful, right. be impeccable with our words. Mm-hmm. And I will read into your words so far as I can. Right. And make it clear. Right. Agreed. So, uh, lesson of the day. Be impeccable with your words, mm-hmm. folks. JR, play better. And uh, you know what the, the thing is, though, about this? What? If he plays better, uh-huh. it won't bring him back to the starting lineup. It'll keep him in the second unit. Yeah, it would. Because that's where you perform better. Yeah, clearly. You had 60 games. To do well. You had 60 games and you underperformed. And now you're going to be out here. I want to work my way back to the first unit. Just get comfortable on that pine. Yeah, just because you know what? Be a star in your role. Yeah. Do, do, be excellent. Man. Be excellent where you are. He was a contender for six man years ago. Yeah. Be that. Be good. You know, Tony Parker's on the bench now. And And he's in it happily. Yes. He's like pop. I've been here with you, ride or die, for years. What do you need me to do this year? Yeah. I will go to the bench. That's called being a team player. Welcome. To basketball. To basketball. Seriously. All right, let's move on and talk about some dope people, hey? Yes. Let's do it. All right, so now it's time to talk about some dope people. Okay. I think you're first. Go ahead. Well... I, in sticking with the theme of March, mm-hmm. being the month of women. Um, month of women? That's yeah, exciting. It's a National Women's Month, if, if you weren't aware sure, out there. Sure is. I'm going to go with the third female referee ever in the history of the NBA. Third? Okay. Why not? Lauren Holtkamp. All right. Lauren Holtkamp, uh, if you didn't know, uh, is a female referee... Who uh, in February told Draymond to get out of her face <laughs> when he came at her with a, a bloody mouth uh, because he did get hit in the mouth pretty hard. But she was like, eh, I don't care about that. You shut up. That's not a foul. <laughs> like, keeping it old school. Um, I like that. A little bit about Lauren. Um, she's a professional basketball. Uh, born in 1980. Uh, she's 37. 38 maybe now? Mm-hmm. Um, no, 37. Referee at the National Basketball Association, wearing number seven. You'll see her out there. Um, she became the third woman in, uh, to be a full-time NBA referee. Has also played college basketball at Drury University from 2000 to 2004. I know Drury University. Mm-hmm. Whole camp previously, uh, it's in Missouri if you didn't know, uh, previously refereed the last five NBA Development League seasons uh, before becoming a full-time referee in 2014-15 season. Ooh. And she's also refed uh, several WNBA games for four seasons. So in case people are wondering, like, when does the WNBA play? They always play during the offseason for the NBA. Yeah. So that's why... Uh, it's a shorter season. Should, for shouldn't say we have to wait the whole offseason for the NBA. We do have the WNBA Absolutely. To look at. Um, Whole Camp graduated from Emory University with a Master's of Divinity. Ooh. Woman of the Cloth. Does that mean you cast spells? Is that like mm-hmm, Harry exactly. Potter? Exactly. It's very Harry Potter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like a Patronus Maxim. 
That's okay. Patron. That's you, tequila. Yeah, so you said Patronos. Yeah, like, Patronus. It's a Patronus. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Oh, Patron. I got it. Get it. Um, she also uh, graduated from Drury with both her Master's of Arts in Communication and a Bachelor's of Arts in Business Administration. Dang, girl. Get uh, that. On June t- 2017, she got married to NBA referee Jonathan Sterling. What? We got two referees married to each other Aww. in this league. That's true. Love, love. is real. So anyway, uh, we talk a lot about the players, uh, rightfully so. It's sure. a player's game. But um, none of that could happen without the referees out there monitoring things and making sure they happen. So, you know, shout out to a game that has female referees coach or, uh, calling the shots just like the male referees can. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see it in football. I don't know if it happens in baseball. It's the umpires, right? Like umpires yeah. have mostly been men I'm that I've not seen. Sure, if they're yeah. female umpires, I'll fact check that. Yeah, we but should fact check. Yay that. for the NBA doing uh, work around equal opportunity. Absolutely. Um, in that same vein, I also picked a referee of uh, the female variety as okay. well. Um, I picked uh, a woman named uh, Violet Palmer, who was NBA's first female referee um and she's retired from on-court duties Mm -hmm. um i believe she's like in her 50s right now um black woman not only was she the first woman she was the first black woman woman of color to be a ref she was oprah she she was basically oprah really what are you doing that's my fault (laughs) um so a little bit about her um she kind of broke the barriers of basketball in 1997 so about 30, no, 21 years ago. It was around Billy Crystal time mm-hmm. when he did that ref movie. Uh, it, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, along uh, with Dee Cantor, she's uh, another person who um, they... Um, Decanter? Dee Cantor. Yeah, I know, but okay, go oh, ahead. Oh, like her name is Decanter, like yeah. a wine decanter. Yeah. <laughs> Their parents knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, so in her career, Palmer served as a referee for uh, over 119... Uh, NBA co- uh, contests. Okay. Um, also became the first woman to officiate a postseason game, um, and she, she she did that in two thousand six mm-hmm. uh, when she when she did that. Um, so postseason playoff games, um, and she then went to officiate eight additional NBA playoff games over the remainder of her tenure at at the league. Um, she was also a Division One uh, NCAA um, Division Two. I'm sorry. NCAA Women's Championship was part of a Women's Championship basketball team. Um, she is also known to be, uh, when she first came into the league, people like Charles Barkley and other players were like kind of feeling weird about having a female ref. They're like, I don't know if she could call the plays that they think that she they can. Some of them were also like, oh, she'll be verbally and like physically abused because like we're big rough dudes, you know, running down the court and up the court. I thought you were gonna say something about like um PMS. No, but I'm sure they thought it I'm sure that I'm sure came they up. all thought it. they they all were like, she bleeds right from the vagina. <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> which is stupid. Um but since then Charles Barkley has basically said violet i was wrong about you i apologize because people were like they kind of it was celebrated this like amazing thing but you know it was the 90s and we weren't 
where we are now. But well, the, I, I was I was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> I apologize. It was terrible. Um, so anyway, um, she's been like she never like dealt with a lot of gender issues when she when she was playing the game when she was officiating she called plays as they were and like did did well and was uh, applauded for how she did her work mm-hmm. um one of the things that she she actually officiated that big brawl um just just literally google December 16th 2006 NBA brawl mm-hmm. and you'll see the brawl between the Denver Nuggets and the New York Knicks and J.R. Smith was the person we were just talking about, uh, was playing for the Denver Nuggets at the time. Wait, yep. what year was that? 2006. 2006. Oh, that was right after Carmelo had been traded. Traded to the Knicks. Yeah, okay, and, that's why. Oh God. And so he went up, and this was a game that was basically already over, mm-hmm. um, and he was going up for a layup, and he got a, there was a flagrant foul against him. And Wait, it was just... was he on the Knicks? Carmelo at that time? He was still in the Nuggets. No, I think he was still in the... I think he was yeah. in the Knicks. Okay, keep going. Uh, no. Nuggets, because he was yeah, wearing... He, he was wearing blue. So yeah. I think he was... Well, the, what kind of blue? The dark blue. Not the not the New York Knicks blue. I think. Uh, anyway, it doesn't okay, matter. Okay. It was a big brawl that happened, and she was one of the, offici- the officials that was officiating the game. So she's definitely known for... Um, a lot of a lot of that. So in May, right. um, 2000, uh, 2009, Palmer was hired as a coordinator for women's basketball ball officials for uh, the West Coast Conference. Um, and 2014, uh, Palmer became the first to officiate an all-star game in any nice. of the four major uni- United States sports, which is super cool. That was 2014, four years ago. Wild. Um, and Palmer was named coordinator of the basketball, women's basketball officials at, I already talked about that. Um, and she retired from on-court duties with the NBA due to knee issues. Um, but she began manage, she became, she began to be the manager of the NBA referee operations department, um, when she, when she retired, but she officiated 919 NBA games, black woman. Not bad. I mean, kind of dope. And by kind of dope, I mean, really dope. I like that. I'm into it. That's a good person. But yeah, so uh, that and beyond that, she's the first woman, black woman. She's also the first openly gay referee as well. So doing it for the LGBT. So talk about being a black woman and and identifying as gay. Like mm-hmm. that is you had a lot of y'all like listen, things. Listen, only in the NBA, y'all. Only in the NBA. Only in the NBA. That's kind of lovely. In the NBA, you're home. <laughs> Here, yeah, pretty much. I'm, 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 you know, NBA, send me a check whenever you're ready. Just <laughs> feel free to take that. Yep. Um, all right. So I think that's all we have. Do you have anything else you want to add for no. the good of the order? I'm just excited. I'm just hang on, y'all. Playoffs are almost here. One month away. I'm counting down. We're literally just waiting for these games to be over so there that we can do playoffs. Nothing. There's almost nothing to talk about until we get to the playoffs. Well, I mean, there's the awards, the NBA awards, Did like MVP. before the playoffs? Oh, no, the awards they're giving out. But yeah. yes, we already know. Do we? Yeah, we do. Do we know? MVP? James Harden. Right. Uh, uh, defensive player of the year is debatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Rookie of the year? Oh, wait, Ben Simmons. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, six man? 
I, I have to look at it more closely. We gotta look at it. Maybe that's the next cast. We'll figure out what's when that's happening and what we should, what we would think. And then you know, NBA first team, second team, the. Oh yeah, we like to talk. Yeah, yeah. There's always that can be. That's yeah. It's coming up. Contentious. Yeah, it's a little contentious. All right. And we're coming up to one year of uh, our our podcast. We started in April sometime, I believe. That's true. So, At the start of the playoffs, uh, first week of playoffs. We'll I think it was. Out. I think it was the first week of playoffs. We we'll should we should do something celebratory. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. All right, folks. I think that's all we have. So just uh, be sure to follow us on the in, on the internets and subscribe to our podcast and uh, be dope. And we'll catch you later. Yeah. Let's do this. See ya. Yeah.